before we get started, just a little bit of housekeeping. I think I might uh, just jump into some announcements. And I'm um, going to get our youth back uh, going real soon. Right, Fifi? Uh, so we're going to look for an announcement real soon. All right? And um, I did a message on Facebook um, about a, a week ago, Thursday. And uh, it was so good. Uh, I, I, um, not because it's me, it was because the Holy Spirit just really breathed real strong on that message. And it has to do with freedom from addictions. And so I edited it and um, I made it available. Um, actually, I ministered in Chicago on Monday. We had a great time. And um, so I uh, made that available for the first time there. But it's freedom from addiction. We only have a, a, a few copies out there, but we can get some more. Uh, but if you know of anybody who needs to be free from any kind of bondages, any kind of um, uh, bad habits, just stuff that they're dealing with, uh, certain addictions, this will help. I'm not just talking about alcohol addiction or drug addiction, just any, any kind, if they're dealing with fear, any, any, any kind of uh, bondages. So uh, that's available. We have also the planners came in, those of you that requested these, these planners. And um, so those are in and... We have a limited supply, so go ahead and grab yours today, all right? We've got, uh, Carla's got Women with Vision, Vision Boarding. It's on this Saturday, correct? This is not the 16th, next Saturday is not the 16th? Yeah, it is. Don't. Sunday's the 16th. Well, the announcement says Saturday, February 16th, 2020, so I guess it's wrong. I don't need to be confused up here. I don't like doing <laughs> announcements anyway. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, it's supposed to be what? It's the 22nd. Okay. So, don't pay attention to these announcements. <laughs> Vision boarding with, with, with Carla. Oh, well, crew. Crew. Okay, this is the right date. Sunday, February 16th, I prophesied. <laughs> Look at that. You spoke it into existence, man. The crew, Sunday, February 16th. Um, from 11 to 12.30. What are y'all doing from 11 o'clock on Sunday? This somebody wake me up. This is, <laughs> this is like this is not even real. This is like <laughs> I'm dream. I, am I dreaming? Is this a church? Is this Sunday? Okay, just don't even look at these announcements. The crew, just tell me when the crew is next Sunday evening. What time? Five o'clock. It's not going to be at eleven. Uh, crew will be in here at 11. Listen to me teach, all right? Okay, let me give you something that I know, all right? 
we, we, we had a great experience um, at, in uh, Chicago. Uh, I mean, we, we had really enjoyed being at the Hope Center with Nicole Maubach on, on Monday night, and then we uh, had a wonderful time. People were healed. I look forward to hearing the testimonies that will come forth from that meeting on Tuesday. Um, I did one of my most favorite things uh, when, I, when I vacate and go on vacation. I did like a one-day. Carla and I, we, we, we sp uh, spent the day in Chicago just uh, going up and down Michigan Avenue and hitting our favorite spots and stuff like that. So um, we came across this store. You may have, if you follow Carla on Facebook, she posted something about the store we went into. It's called Amazon Go. And it's only a few of them in the country. And uh, you go in and you take this app and you scan the app and that lets you through the little gate. And then you just take whatever you want, put it in your bag and leave. It knows what you get. You can take it and put it in your pocket. And uh, we didn't have a bag. They gave us a bag on the way out. Uh, but you didn't have to have one. If you can bring your own or put it in your pocket. Well, Carla got these little health bars or kind bars or something, and she took them, and she, she refused. There was one employee in there, young young lady in there. She said, yeah, just put it in your pocket. Actually, I can take you in. Even if you didn't have the app, you go in in front of me, and uh, anything you get will be put on my account. Like when you leave there, it, it sends you, emails you a receipt with all the stuff you got. Now here's my point. Carla, with the lady standing right there telling her, just put them in your pocket. She wouldn't do it. She couldn't get herself to put those bars in her pocket and leave the store like that. Anybody like my wife? Anybody? It's just... And that's because of a conditioning. So, and it, you can't even steal from that store. Here's my point. When we got home, she explained that her mother told her to never leave the store without a receipt or putting it in her bag. And her mom drilled that into her. My mom told me, if you can steal and get away with it, just go ahead and do it. No, 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 that, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's, not, <laughs> that's not true. No, I would, I would get whipped from one end of the house to the other end of the house if I ever got caught stealing. Amen. So... Religion is like that. Sometimes when you experience freedom through grace, it sounds too good to be true. That you don't have to ask God to forgive you to be forgiven. Sometimes it's difficult for people to accept that Jesus took your sins past, present, and future. And when you've been conditioned all your Christian life to have to ask God to forgive you in order to be forgiven, see, you, you can be in, uh, that can put you in, that, that, that puts you in bondage because what happens is, what if you forget something? Even after you hear this truth, uh, 
people, well, and I've had people tell me, well, I just like to just ask him to forgive me anyway. You, you, can't, you can't seem to put that bar in your pocket. <laughs> uh, you, you understand what I'm, what I'm, what I'm telling you? you, you, you you're like, well, I, I, I just, you don't realize you think you, you're being um, just, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's just a habit, and you think you're being safe. Would you know, like, we don't need to, to, when you get a revelation, you don't have to do something just in case. <laughs> do you believe it's true or not? If you believe it's true that you've forgiven, now it certainly wouldn't hurt anything. And how many of you, when you do something wrong, you're sorry you did it? I get that. We're not happy when we sin. But the fact is, we've been forgiven. Now, I give thanks all the time for, for my forgiveness that I was forgiven 2,000 years ago. I don't, I don't wait till a sin. I mean, daily, I say, Lord, thank you that I've been forgiven. When I approach a communion at home, thank you that, I'm, that I've been forgiven of all my sins, past, present, and future. Glory be to God. All right, ready, ready to make a good confession? All right. We're going to read this together. All righty. I got some good stuff for you today. Really good stuff for you today. All right, ready? Let's go. I am greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved by you. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. I am my father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. I am well-pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my father has for me. Everything I do and touch shall be blessed because I am the beloved. I am loved, righteous, blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, Qualified, motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, accepted and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all I was created to be in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Ooh, man. Dealing with the demands of, of life. We all have these demands that come upon us. And um, today I want us to look into a day in the life of Jesus. And um, when you're reading the Gospels, you, you're reading different events and things that happen in the life of Jesus. You hear him teach. You, you, you read about him teaching, doing miracles, healing the sick, raising the dead. And you're going from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and reading the different things and events in the life of Jesus. But when you're reading, sometimes you, you, you don't know where they fall in chronological order. 
they're kind of scattered. You, you don't really know if they're just, you know, how, how they occur or in what sequence they occur. They, are they just all over the place, the different days or whatever? And, uh, and they are. They, they do occur on different days and times and so forth. But how, how do you know what happened in chronological order? Well, um, and, and this is going to help us to understand that Jesus was tempted in all points like we are. He faced demands like we did, but on a, on a greater degree. Okay, he had all kind of demands people you can imagine because he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. I mean, the word spread about him and the, with all the miracles he did and raising the dead and healing the sick and people approached him and, and made demands on him. One time they tore the roof to get somebody in because of the crowd. A woman we'll read about today, uh, maybe if we get there, uh, she pressed in the crowd to get to Jesus, okay? So uh, we're going to take you through a chronological order of events in one day in the life of Jesus, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the whole message first, and then we'll go back and see how many weeks it takes us to get through this day. But I, I want to give it all to you so you can understand what, what a day with, with uh, Jesus is like, and, and you can think about the demands on your day. I mean, sometimes it, the kids might be fussing at each other and you're trying to break them up. Sometimes uh, they don't do what you tell them to do. Anybody had days like that? Anybody have days when it's just uh, their demands? Other people can put demands on you, like your spouse or uh, family members, parents. Um, just all kinds of things can start coming at you. Financial demands, things you have to take care of financially. Uh, attacks on your body, okay, um, dealing with other people's problems, okay, and you're trying to help them through things, and we, which we, we all should do, amen? Okay, but let, so, so Jesus faced demands, and so let's, let's look at, at one day, and uh, so on one particular day, uh, Jesus is teaching. He's teaching the people, teaching the multitude, um, most of which are parables, and then he, he took, uh, after that, he took the disciples aside and explained the parables to them. After that, he gets into a boat. I want you to just picture this with me, okay? He, he, he's going through a, a teaching session, teaching a multitude. And there's a demand right there. People are, are, are listening to, to him. The Bible says the common people heard him gladly, okay? So he finishes teaching. He pulls the disciples aside and explains the parables to them. They ask them questions about it, okay, about the things, the parables that he taught. Then he gets in a boat with the disciples and then goes to the other side of the sea. But on the way, they, they uh, have a, a windstorm that came against them. And so Jesus rebukes the, the wind and the sea. They get to the other side, and as soon as they get there, this madman comes out, this demon-possessed man comes out of the tombs where he hung out. I mean, what kind of dude hangs out in the tomb? A demon-possessed guy, okay? And he had multiple demons on the inside of him, okay? 
Jesus cast the demons out of them, uh, out of him. They went into the pigs, and the pig went and drowned himself. Pig got sense enough not to be demon possessed. <laughs> Amen. And so, uh, so after that, he gets back into the boat, goes to the other side again, and then there meets him a man named Jairus, who is a ruler of the synagogue. He has a sick daughter who was at the point of death, and he wanted Jesus to go to his house and minister to her. So on the way to the house, this woman comes who has an issue of blood, okay? And she, they pre she pressed in the, in, the, uh, in the crowd and touched his garment. Power went out of him and healed her, okay? And during that time, somebody came from the ruler of Jairus' house and said, hey, don't trouble the teacher anymore. Your daughter died. He don't even, even need to come. Jesus said, chill out. Only believe. Okay. This is all in one day, y'all. Okay, so then he goes to Jairus' house and raises the girl from the dead, all right? And then right after that, uh, then he goes somewhere else, and then two blind men came to him uh, crying out and have mercy on, on us. He, uh, he, he ministers to the blind. He, he, he um, opens their eyes, all right? Then he meets a guy who's demon-possessed and mute. He delivers the, the demon-possessed man and, and heals him, and now he speaks. Then he goes to his hometown, and they didn't receive him uh, right, so he was able to, they didn't receive him right or properly, and so he was only able, he wouldn't, wasn't able to do very many miracles there. He only healed a few sick people. All that I just described to you is one day. Anybody have any kind of demands like that? Okay, so I hope you can see why I, I gave that all that to you instead of just going from one thing to another. So you understand, this is one day. And so, so what, here's the whole point. So what's, what's the point, Pastor? What can we learn? Jesus, one, one thing I want you to look for, was, was he ever in a hurry? Now, don't answer the question. I mean, when we look at this, was he ever in a hurry? Like, did he ever get troubled? Did he, did he ever get nervous? Did, did he get, I wonder, did, did he get nervous when he found out that Jairus' daughter had died and he was on the way? It seems like he was too late. He was cool. See, if you want to know where I get my cool from, it's just Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for that. Okay, so let's, uh, let's begin. And actually, I have one reference. There's, there's a, a lot of scriptures that, that I, I have for you in the, in the app and got queued up for you here. And one scripture I just listed because I, I didn't think I would read it, but I decided this morning I wanted to read it because there's something in there that I want you to see. There's a lot of good stuff in here. Are y'all ready yeah. to, to, to dive into this? Do y'all like teaching? Amen. I'm a, I'm a teacher. That's who I is. The Bible says, uh, he who teaches in his teaching, in that context, it means give yourself to the teaching. Amen. So uh, that's, that's what I love. I love teaching the word. So uh, we're going to begin. In now, now we're, we're going, we're moving past the first uh, thing that I told you about where Jesus was teaching. And then he explained the parables to the disciples privately, okay? 
And then he gets into the boat. And they're on their way to the other side on that day. When evening had come, he said to them, let us uh, go across to the other side. And uh, leaving the crowd, they took him with him in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. And G, but he was in the stern, freaking out. <laughs> huh? See, when you um, are encountering something, a situation that you're faced with, that comes on you unexpected. Anybody have unexpected yes. things that come yes. upon you? Jesus is showing us how to deal with it. Just go to sleep. Just rest and understand. Isn't it, isn't it good to understand that we start at the finish line as believers in Christ? Everything in our life is finished. Your healing is finished. Your prosperity is finished. It is finished. You are a winner. You are a champion. I like that song we've been, we sung the last couple of weeks. I believe. It's been coming up in me. I've been singing it all week. I believe there's a winner in me. Say, I believe, I believe. there's a winner in me. See, you're a winner going somewhere to happen. See, so Jesus, he operated as though it's finished in his whole life. And, and so the... Uh, uh, he was asleep. Man, who does that? See, how can you sleep? I, I might just, just ask you some questions. As I'm going through this with you. I'm, I'm learning right here with you. Why would you sleep when, when trouble comes? You, you know it's done. It, when, see, see, when you operate, un, understanding is finished. When, when you understand you are a winner, and when you understand that God has your back, when you understand that, that it's working for your good, when you understand, listen, behold, I give you authority to walk on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus understood that. He's, he's look, I give you power. See, he had it. He said, I'm giving you. He's giving us that. Power to walk on serpents and scorpions. Psalm 91 says you should, you'll tread on a lion and a cobra. The young lion and serpent you'll trample underfoot. <laughs> Amen. Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. You have authority. How many of you know you've got authority to speak to your circumstances? Jesus knew he had authority over the sea, over the waves, over the wind. Hallelujah. He was asleep on the cushion. But everybody else was freaking out. They woke him. They woke him. How many of you know people try to get you out of rest? Because they don't know what you know. He's like, teacher, 
You don't care? Man, there's a whole lot in this. Man, I didn't realize it was so much. Man, sometimes it looks like God don't care. If you just admit it, sometimes it just looks like when you're sitting there in your mess, in your trouble, and nothing's happening in the natural, things aren't changing, and what do you get, get tempted to do? Get in the flesh. What is the flesh? Self-effort. The Bible says walk in the spirit. You know what walking in, in the spirit is? It's not deep. It's resting in the finished work. What's walking in the flesh? Trusting in your own efforts. Teacher, you don't care? God, you don't care about what I'm going through right now? Seemed like he didn't care. And Jesus, and he awoke. Now, picture Jesus. I want you to see him in that boat. He's asleep. I mean, he was 100% God and 100% man. Now, he wakes up just like you wake up. You're probably like, what? <laughs> now, he told him, he didn't say nothing about perishing. He said, don't you care that we perish? He said, go to the other side. I like Star Trek. And um, they, they got... Uh, episode. Well, I have, I like Star Wars too. Yeah, I get them. Just got them mixed up. But Star Wars, they've got this show called The Mandalorian. Series of messages, and they got this one dude. I love this dude. I'm, one of my favorite statements of this The Mandalorian. This guy, when uh, they, they, he'd be discussing things back and forth, and he was this this this. He's a little guy, and uh, I forget his name, but he was talking with the Mandalorian. And they're going back and forth. And the guy, he made a statement. And the little guy said, I have spoken. And then he just leaves. <laughs> what he meant was, that's the end of the discussion. I've spoken. I have spoken. Amen. I'm going to use that on my wife. Well, I think we should do this. I think we should do this. No, I think we should do this. I've spoken. <laughs> Just go on by my business. I wouldn't encourage you to do that. No, uh, so, but Jesus, he spoke. When he said go to the other side, they're going to the other side. Y'all getting some out of this? So, think about it. This is a not a windstorm, a great windstorm. Waves breaking into the boat. Can you see it? The boat was already filling. And he's asleep. Water is in the boat. He awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, what are you saying to your circumstances? While you call yourself waiting on God, 
He's waiting on you to open your mouth and speak to the rock. I gave you authority. What are you doing with it? You what if it was true that you had authority over all your circumstances? Authority over your financial situation. Authority over the uh, sickness that is, is in your body. Tell that sickness to go. Call all the money in. Do you know you have angels that have been sent forth, the Bible says, to minister, not to you, but for you? You have angels that go get your money. Now, we don't go after money. Money comes after us. The blessings come upon us and overtake us. Because, see, it's finished. Jesus spoke and he rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea, peace, be still. No argument from the, from the wind, no argument from the sea. Be still. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says there was a great calm. Everybody say there's a great calm. Come on, man. What's wrong with you? All right. All right. Now, talk to the mic. My iPad, I need to say the right thing to it. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear. And said to one another, man, who is this dude? <laughs> Amen. Man, who is this? Uh, I mean, they know him. I mean, they're following him, man. But he, he just keeps doing stuff that just messes with him. He's like, man, who is this, man? Man, the, the boat's filling with water, man. And he just get he was asleep. He gets up. He speaks to the, to the sea. He speaks to the wind, peace, be still, peace, peace, man, say some stuff. I, I, I think there's some people out here going to go home and start saying some stuff. Don't just sit there and, and let your boat fill up. Sit there and, and drown. Be like th those guys in the Titanic who, was, who were playing a violin while the, while the ship was sinking. Singing sad songs. What do you want to happen? Start speaking to your situation. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Take authority. Huh? See? Sometimes you go, go hide from your kids and they, they start tripping. And so go hide, go in a room. They seem out of control. Just go in a room and <laughs> that's not the end of the story. Keep listening. Just, just, go, just get away from him and just start speaking over that situation. Speak peace in your home. 
You know, when you, when you go in a home, you, you can sense when there's trouble in it. When there's turmoil, when there's confusion. There's an atmosphere. And you create the atmosphere in your home with your words. Now, I hadn't planned to read this, and let's go over to, um, to get to the other side, all right? And then they came to the other side of the sea. I'm going to read in, in uh, beginning in verse 5. It's a long passage, but bear with me. We'll get through it. They came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gerasenes, and when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, Immediately, they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he'd often bound himself with shackles and chains. But he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. How many of you know he was O.C.? No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. See, and, 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 he, and, he, and he cried out with a loud voice. He said, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit and Jesus asked him what is your name he replied my, my name is legion for we are many and he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside and they begged him saying send us to the pigs let us enter them so he gave them permission he had authority over the wind over the sea he had authority over demons and evil spirits Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs. Let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs in the herd, numbering about 2,000. And the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen <laughs> freaked them out. The pigs herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country. And the people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man. Now, you remember how crazy he was. And they saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion, sitting there, clothed. And in his, my religious people, it brings me back to, Michelle know what I'm talking about. What is it? I, I'm clothed in my right mind. No, it was clothed. You know, well, he had clothes on. And he was in his right mind. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And so, and, and, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it, described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs, and they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. 
and he was getting into the boat. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him, and he did not permit him, but said, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled. I believe, I, I believe it's time, church. Y'all been soaking up this good word of his grace. It's time that you go and tell somebody this good news that sounds almost too good to be true. Sounds too good to be true, but it is true. Hallelujah. The fact that your sins have been forgiven. We've been given this ministry of reconciliation. We need to go tell folks. What did he tell this man to do? Go to your friends. Just start with people you know. And tell them how much the Lord has done for you. I didn't know what I knew now. You don't have to know a whole lot. But when I first got saved. Back in, in the 80s, I was five years old, and I had just graduated. I was the youngest graduate from Ball State University. And uh, I, I sold drugs on campus, and I used to, I mean, we got confronted by the police. At the time the police came in, uh, I won't tell you my whole story. I don't have time. But this is a piece of it. The officer came in because we... Uh, we, had, we rented a house from a doctor, and he had his son come to cut the grass. And uh, we used to get him high. And the son, uh, he, he uh, decided he wanted to buy a nickel bag. If you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's not important. So we did a crazy thing, sold him a nickel bag. Well, he gets home, and uh, at some point in time, his father caught him. Where'd you get that? <laughs> Where'd you get that weed from? Of course, yeah, them, them uh, folks renting from you. So next thing I know, I, I got home from school one day, minding my own business, and my roommates were sitting down on the couch. Two men that I didn't know anything about were standing up in the middle of the uh, the room lecturing my roommates. And when I came in, he told me to sit down. And I knew at that point, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Amen. So thank God for his deliverance. Um, so there's a reason why I brought that up. So anyway, uh, they they end up telling us to, to uh, look, we already know most people, 70% of the people who are selling drugs on campus. We already know that. But you don't be selling these drugs to these minors. So he really gave us too much information because actually we got encouraged after that. <laughs> we, we, just, we just started asking for ID. And so, (laughs) 
but we, we sold a lot of drugs on campus. Matter of fact, tell you something else. I'm going to tell you the church, but the, drug, the person we buy the weed from had a lot, he had a lot of weed. We, we bring it back. Man, we brought a lot of weed. But the drug dealer, he went to church every Sunday. We, we came back to Fort Wayne. We talked to him in church about when we'd, have, when we'd meet him to get the deal. He was a religious guy. Going to church don't make you a Christian. Huh? Any more than going inside of a garage makes you a car. Or going to McDonald's make you a hamburger. <laughs> All right? <clears throat> so here's my point. I got, I got saved shortly after I got out of school. And I wanted to tell him. I'm going to close with my testimony. I want to say, go home to your friends and tell them what the Lord has done for you. I want to, challenge, I want to give a challenge to some of the church today. Go and tell people what this gospel of grace has done for you. If it hadn't done nothing for you, don't tell nobody. But if it has, go, tell, go find somebody and tell them. Amen? You can tell people about the Kansas City Chiefs who won the Super Bowl. Oh, man, wasn't that good? And wasn't that, man, wasn't that quarterback amazing? Man, wasn't that comeback amazing? You, you tell something. Did, did you see it? I got something better than that, something that you are a winner because of Jesus. He wants to make you a winner too. Let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. And before I even knew anything about grace, here's my point. You don't have to know that much. Listen, I, I told my, I, I, I would tell everybody, I would get, before I knew how to teach, I didn't know God was calling me to teach. I thought the Lord was going to uh, uh, make me a businessman, and, and I didn't think nothing about preaching. All I wanted to do, I didn't want to be a preacher. I didn't want to be a, a pastor. Nothing. That was far from my mind. But I had, I had no more desire for drugs. No, no more desire for cocaine. Yeah, that's something that I used to do. I tell people that I'm, I'm the reason why they changed those, those spoons in McDonald's. They used to have those little coffee spoons. They, they, they flatten them. But they used to be the greatest Coke spoons. And when you're in darkness, you thought there was a great Coke spoon, and, and, then they, and that's why McDonald's made them flat. Amen. They got me the credit for that. But I gave my life to the Lord. He changed my life. I didn't know very much, but what I knew, I would, and the more I learned, I would bring my friends over to the house. I didn't know how to teach, but some, back then, anybody old enough to remember cassette tapes? I would play a cassette tape with my friends over to the house, and then I would uh, play it and then ask anybody have any questions. And I try my best to, to ex explain it to them. What was that? All I was doing is trying to take what, what the Lord had done for me and share it with others. And, and, and to me, when the Lord called me to pastor, I'm like, okay, what I'm doing right now is the same thing. It's no different. Taking what, what, what I know about the Lord and sharing it with you. 
And as a pastor, give, God, God gives me revelation. He'll give you revelation too. But <clears throat> he gives me an anointing to teach. All right? And it's been a wonderful journey. Now, here's, here's, here was my point. When I didn't know very much, again, I, I played a cassette tape. You let somebody else tell them. Take, take my CD. Come on, come on. I want you to hear something. Listen to this. Now, what do you think? Answer their questions the best way you can. There's no pressure. Just, I mean, it's, man, there's no feeling in the world better or greater than, than, than you making a difference in somebody's life. No material possession. When I told you about that nine-year-old boy, I keep, I, I keep thinking about him. That was a divine appointment for me that, that, nine, that, nine, that nine-year-old boy will sit there in his service where, where he goes to church and leave and go, and his mother would find him in the bathroom. I'm not talking about 20 years ago. I'm talking about this is a couple weeks ago. This nine-year-old boy, I know he's got a call on his life, and I pray for him every day now. His name is Dante. And he, on Sunday mornings, at his church, will leave the sanctuary. His mother will find him in the bathroom listening to me teach. Said, I want to, uh, the mom said, what are you doing in the bathroom? He said, I'm listening to that bald, that bald head pastor. <laughs> said, he speaks the truth. Nine-year-old. Man, that would encourage me. There, there, there ain't nothing like that. And I mean, there's nothing like that to me. And I, I, I can say like Paul, Lord, thank you for putting me into the ministry. But back then when I didn't know very, very much, and I went back a year later to Ball State, and those same friends I used to sell drugs to, how full of them came to hear me. They didn't get saved, I think, all they were there for, and that was cool, because sometimes you don't have to, to, to uh, have them sign on the bottom line to get saved. Sometimes they just need to hear the word. See, some, some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. You see, sometimes when, when you minister salvation to somebody, it wasn't just you. It was a grandmother's prayer or somebody else who planted the seed. Somebody else came by and watered it. And they were just, they're just ready. See, your responsibility is just do your part. Do what the Lord tells you to do. So I think that group of friends were, were really wanting to see if it's real. And if it wasn't, am I going to break out the weed after, if I, after I got through speaking? The only comment that I can remember after I got, and you know, all I did, I don't even remember what I said. I just shared with them what the Lord had done for me. Everybody should have just one testimony. What the Lord has done for you. And, and, and they should be able to see a difference in your life. See, if there's no difference right now, you just keep staying under grace. Come out from under the law, put yourself under grace, and you're going to see a change. And people around you will see a change. The only comment I can remember that they said uh, is that, oh, I can see this is real. Because I wasn't playing around. 
soon as I got saved, the Lord took the desire away for, of, 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 of drugs. Man, and I would read my Bible. I wasn't, and see, I was under grace at that time and didn't even know it until, see, then somebody comes around and, and they give you the law. I would go to the club, get on the women. But when I got saved, I remember the last day in the club. I walked out. I mean, I, I went in there. I didn't have it anymore. I didn't have no desire to go hit on any women. I just, I was just sat there, kind of, kind of strange. It was, it was strange. That's the best way I can explain it. I knew I didn't belong there. Nobody said, "Stop going to the club." I mean, I just gave my life to the Lord, just, and went on doing what I normally do. Get that Crown Royal in that bag, Crown Royal and Seven Up. I read my Bible and uh, drink whiskey. Every day was that was my habit. I just drank whiskey with some Seven Up as a nightcap. All of a sudden, one day, I read my Bible, drink whiskey. Read the Bible, drink whiskey. All of a sudden, one day, I didn't want the whiskey. Nobody told me to stop drinking that whiskey. I didn't want it. Now, I'm tell, not telling you that uh, what to do, what not to do. I'm just giving you my test. This is my testimony. Okay? Just, it was just stuff hitting on the women. I didn't. Now, that took me a little while. Now, that, that took me a minute. Just being real, man. That took me a minute. Huh? Because it was just stuff, man. There was a lot of women in the church, and, 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 you know, and the pastor's wife tried to set me up, and that's why I don't make no cook-ups because you don't know when people sitting there. They get home, and that horn start coming out of it, you know. <laughs> they start growing a tail, it's like, I just leave all that stuff alone. Let, let, leave that stuff up to the Lord. I'm telling, what I'm trying to tell, tell you is the Lord will change you. Thank you. Hallelujah. The Lord will change you from the inside out. We're not talking about, see, I didn't try to modify my behavior. I was transformed from the inside out. I didn't try to stop doing anything. The Lord worked all that stuff out. So my, and, and when you're ministering to people, let me just tell you something. Leave them alone. When you see them doing stuff, they, if they're smoking weed, why are you talking to them? Just leave them. Now, you know, you, you're going to need to stop that. Because the Lord don't like that. So just, leave that alone. Whatever they're doing. The Lord has put me, I wish I had time. I can tell you about stuff. I, I, I ministered to a pimp. And that man, that pimp loved me. And when he was sick, he called for me. He wouldn't. We want to know. He wouldn't. He didn't go to church or nothing. But he called, and I was, I was, you know, a lot younger then. And he was an older guy, but he had respect for me. And when he was in the hospital, I said, "Go get that young man." 
And see, I, I ministered grace to him, and I didn't even understand grace. <clears throat> but I didn't go over there, man. I went over there, man. He was counting, man, a stack of money on the table, counting money and stuff. And one guy didn't want to hear the gospel. The pimp said, man, shut up and listen to the man. <laughs> Amen. I've been in a lot of situations, man. This gospel is powerful. There's stuff that they even asked me not to even, even uh, share publicly because I can put some people in danger. But I've, I've, been, in, I've been in some situations with, to get the gospel to people where, where it, it, uh, it's, it's forbidden. This gospel is the power of God to salvation, to deliverance, to preservation, healing, safety, soundness, prosperity. Man, when see, because when you get it, Oh, when you really get it, you want to tell somebody. That's what I'm trying to tell you, church. Don't just come up in here and just, just sit there and wipe your mouth. Mm, man, I was good. And, amen. And just go and get fat off of the word. Go tell somebody the truth. Thank you, Lord. And, and then they shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free, man. I'm telling you, this is transformational. You can reach people that I can't reach. The people that, that will listen to you wouldn't cross the street to listen to me. One of the reasons why uh, Mark Rosen, he's not with us today. Um, I mean, he's, he's with us, but he's not here today. <laughs> Clear that up. So, so Mark and Don Roseman, Don told me, and Dawn sings in praise team. She said she, she don't think she would have came here first. She didn't like the music. She wasn't all that sure about me. But she went to a group back, back then. We, we, we call them winning groups, but back then they were touch groups. We call it winning groups. They came there first. And Nicole King, she came to a winning group first before she ever, ever came here because that was our vision. That, that you start a, a small group and ask people to come to that group. And they begin, they, you know, they, they, they get hungry for more. It's like, where are you getting this from? And they get hungry. One of the best salesmen used to, when I was a kid, anybody old enough to remember when they, they make you sell that um, candy door to door? They bring that, uh, they bring that some chocolates and M&Ms and all that kind of stuff. Man, I couldn't Saying that, and me bothering people with this stuff, knocking on the door, and so, but the salesman, man, he was so he's he's like, look, he said, he said, he said, all you do, he said, he said, you show them the candy. He said they'll look at the candy, and they'll become hungry for the candy. <laughs> You show him Jesus. As he really is. I mean, you show him Jesus. Not the religious Jesus. Not, not the religious Jesus that, that people present and they tell him that God is mad at them. But show him the real Jesus that loves them and not holding their sins against them and wants to bless them and give them favor and give them a good life and give them an abundant life. You show him that Jesus. They become hungry for that Jesus. 
And Mark came up to me, and, and he told me about how that these small groups had impacted his life. He said, the Lord told me to help you with these groups. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Everybody good? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise right now. Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. Has the Lord done anything for you? If the Lord has done something for you, why don't you give him some praise right now? Just Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Has he done something for you? Has he changed your life? Has he done things for you that you couldn't do on your own? If it had not been on, for the Lord on your side, where would you be? When you been, anybody ever been on the wrong path? I was on the wrong path. Heading for destruction. But the Lord. Woo! Hallelujah. Man, I feel like shouting up in here. <laughs> He's a good, good father. Lord, that's who you are. And you're loved by him. Who is he? He's perfect in all his ways. He's well pleased with you today. He's not angry with you. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. Y'all can be seated. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord. 